TKM Incorporated in Moss, Tennessee is a construction company that specializes in erosion control, seeding, and soil, hydro seeding, hydro mulch, minor excavation, and silt fence. They also provide traffic control and construction signs. Their business is keeping people safe, but their passion, their mission, is they wish that all men could be saved. TKM has adopted the nickname, The King's Men, because as they serve you, they also serve the King. If they could provide any of their services for you, please contact them at 931-243-3958. That is 931-243-3958. Or you can contact them on the net at tkminc2001 at twlakes.net. That is tkminc2001 at twlakes.net. TKM Incorporated is a sponsor of Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. I killed a tree in Augusta, Georgia. I was invited to speak at a youth rally called SOAR, S-O-A-R, and I'm not really sure what SOAR stands for. I've begun to spell the remembrance of that youth rally as S-O-R-E, SOAR. I was speaking multiple times, and they had a very long program. It was a Friday night program, a Saturday program, and then I was going to speak again on Sunday morning. Well, about midday after some of the early sessions, we had this long break where the kids could just, you know, kind of chill and hang out. Uh, in years since then, they'd gone to like a local skating rink or they'd gone to an ice rink or they'd gone to a gym or a sportsplex. Well, this year we were just goofing around, you know, staying there on the church's campus. And this is before they built the, the bigger part of their building. So between the two buildings, between like the auditorium and the educational wing was this big open grass area. And you get a bunch of teenagers together, and obviously some kind of game is going to break out. And and football broke out. And so I had some extra clothes with me, and I changed out and decided to play a little touch football with these guys. Well, it ends up that we were playing this really, really cool, unique version of touch football in that uh, you had four downs. There were no such thing as a first down. You did what you did in four downs, and then you turned the ball over. And it, it just so happened that every four downs, you could blitz. So, you know, the other three downs, it was, you know, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi, five Mississippi before you could rush the quarterback. But if you blitzed, you could do that once every four downs. And so I was playing defense for this little team I was on, and uh, I was I was having a good day. I'm surprisingly quick for a guy built like I am. And, and so they were having trouble containing me. And, and of course, I'm, I'm stocky. And so, you know, your typical teenage boy can't really stand in my way unless he's an actual lineman. And so they began to double-team me a little bit, which uh, was both uh, uh, an insult and a compliment to me. But, you know, they were trying to ruin my day, and I was ruining this little quarterback's day. I was breaking through that line, and I was shutting him down. Well, this one particular kid started playing quarterback as an answer to me, and he was fast. And when I say fast, I mean real fast. If we were to have run side-by-side in a race, I would have had to stop and check to see if I was running backwards. But – you know, he's standing flat-footed, he's in the pocket, he's trying to find receivers, and I'm crashing through the line, and so he has to kind of respond to me. And I was I was having some trouble catching him, but he was also having trouble being effective as a quarterback. Well, I crashed through the line, I over-penetrated, and he, he runs. He, he does this rollout, and I'm chasing him. 
Well, I've got enough angle on him that I'm going to cut him off. And, in, and instead of, you know, ruining his day and wrecking him, I'm just going to, you know, force him out of bounds. So as we go running toward this, you know, imaginary out of bounds line, I'm locked in on him, you know, like a laser tracker. And we almost meet and I just lovingly give him a little shove out of bounds. And when I turn, there's a tree. And I mean, I drilled it. Uh, had this tree been any larger, it would have probably killed me because I was running with a full steam trying to catch this little rocket kid. And when I turned around, there's this tree and I drilled it. Well, you know, there's some noise and some oohs and ahs, but for the most part, you know, it didn't feel like a really big deal to me. And I stand back up on the line and this kid that was playing offense against me looks at me and goes, hey, man, you're bleeding. Well, I reached up and, and, and rubbed my head, but, you know, the combination of being in, in Georgia in the spring and, and the sweat, what little blood I thought was coming out of my head was being dissipated by the sweat. And, and so, you know, it looked like kind of a watery mix, but it didn't really like any blood to me. And she goes, man, you're, you're really bleeding. I, go, I ain't got time to bleed, you know, trying to get my Jesse Ventura on. Well, it ends up that I had this huge knot on my head. And it was bleeding way more than I thought it was. And, and the, the the nurse, I guess she worked at the daycare that the church ran. This nurse comes out on the field and, and said, Mr. Jones, I'm going to have to ask you to, to stop playing. And I was like, I, I don't feel like I need to stop playing. She says, you need to go inside and look at yourself in the mirror. <laughs> so I go inside and I look at myself in the mirror. I've got this hematoma on my head. And I mean, it's like the size of a tennis ball. And uh, yeah, it, it's a pretty good knot on my head. So I was put on the injured reserve and red-shirted uh, for, for the rest of the weekend. I wasn't allowed to, allowed to play football with them. They made me a plaque with a picture of the tree and my skin on the tree, and then a picture of me with my head injury, and, and they engraved into the plaque, I survived Lonnie Jones. Well, it, it turns out that the groundskeeper, the, the guy who was, you know, the, the gardener and took care of the lawn and all this, accidentally went Harvey Updike on this little tree. And, and unbeknownst to anybody else, he was spraying Roundup or some kind of toxic stuff, and he sprays this tree. And, and by the fall, this tree is dead. So in all actuality, the tree did not survive. It died. And for the people who didn't know that the groundskeeper sprayed it, all they knew was, hey, in the spring, Lonnie Jones was playing ball here, and he, he had butted this tree, and before Thanksgiving, this thing was dead, and so I've got this reputation that I killed this tree in Georgia. They made me stop playing football, and they made me stop playing football because to them, what had happened to my head, how it looked on the outside was way more painful than it really was. And, and, you know, even after I looked at it, I said, yeah, this looks pretty bad, but it's really not as bad as I've been, you know, been hurt before. In, in fact, it turns out that I was hurt, but I was not injured. Now, that's, that's a distinction. And, and this box of awareness opened up to me because of an experience I had with a gentleman named Chris Luzak. H-L-U-Z-E-K, Luzak. Uh, Chris joined our SWAT team. And, and one of the roles that Chris adopted when he got through his uh, probationary period and was a full-fledged member of the team is, is, is Chris became in charge of our PT. He became the guy that decided what the team would do uh, for our physical exercise or our physical training You know, when, when the team came together and trained. 
and, and I'm not sure Chris is human. Uh, Chris played USA soccer, and, and Chris also served in the military and was an Army Ranger. Now, now, prior to Chris coming to the team, you know, what we basically did was we ran and we did calisthenics. You know, we'd get together for training and we'd go for a three, three and a half mile run. Sometimes we'd run a little further. You know, every May the 5th, we'd do the treacherous Cinco de Mayo run where we'd run, you know, five or six miles, maybe even seven sometimes. But when Chris came to the team, and, and I'll partially bring Brad Snipes for this too, when those guys came to the team, instead of just doing a little run and, and, and some calisthenics, it became intervals. It became circuit training. It became CrossFit type stuff. You know, I've mentioned before that the first CrossFit exercise I ever did, I did with Brad Snipes. Well, Chris was Brad Snipes on steroids. Chris would come to training and he had this old gray beat up shirt and it just simply said, embrace the suck. And, and what that meant was it doesn't matter what's going on today. We're going to deal with it. It's not going to get any cooler, so deal with the heat. It's not going to get any warmer, deal with the cold. It's not going to get any drier, deal with the rain. Embrace the suck. Well, as Chris is regularly torturing us as, as part of our PT, uh, he ends up getting on this kick that he was going to do this thing called the Go Ruck. Now, Go Ruck is a company that makes a backpack. And, and their brag is that their backpack is so sturdy and so strong that you could carry bricks in it and, and it wouldn't destroy the backpack. So they have this go ruck challenge. And, and it basically it, it's, you take six bricks and you put them in a backpack and you do this overnight hike calisthenic exercise thing that is, that is run by some ex special forces guy. This, this company goes to different cities and they map out these things and, and, and you follow them on, on this circuitous route and, you know, you'll do burpees and you'll do push-ups and you'll carry a, a railroad cross tie. And, you know, in some cases they, they you know, put you in the water and you, you have to do all this stuff. It's basically a 10-hour event for endurance and calisthenics thrown in. And, and, and Chris got on his kick, hey, I'm going to do this. And then it was, hey, we're going to do this as a team. And all of a sudden it's – we. I texted Chris and said, look, I'm going to talk about the go ruck that you made us do. And I want to make sure I got my facts right about you playing USA soccer and being a ranger. And, and he said, the other things that you've said, the, the soccer and the ranger are correct. But the term made is a really strong use of the verb. No, you don't understand SWAT culture. There's no way you can be the guy who doesn't do this. There's no way you can be the guy that says, okay, you guys go do this and have fun. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, we were made to do this. Now, it may be that I'm just a sucker for peer pressure, but this was a made event. And, and this is the year I turned 50. And so for my 50th birthday, you know, when I turned 40, I ran the hill in Spencer, Tennessee. So for my 50th birthday, I'm going to do the go ruck. And so I had my six bricks and I wrapped them in uh, tape and I put a yoga block underneath the back of my backpack to make them sit up high. And, and you know, six bricks weighs about 30 pounds, plus or minus. Now you, you have the six bricks, plus you have your water for the night, you have your snacks, you have an extra set of clothes in case they make you get in the water. Uh, I bought a specific backpack just for this occasion. Uh, I bought a backpack and, and, and I put my bricks in there and, and I just kept it loaded and building up to the, the go ruck challenge i didn't run a single step without my backpack i remember being at a youth rally in dexter missouri and having my backpack in the truck and going for a run with my backpack in the snow in dexter missouri getting ready to do this go ruck challenge 
and, and so we, we meet on the night of the Go Ruck Challenge. And, and dude that's in charge of this, our cadre, all these guys that were former special operations personnel, they're pretty laid back. You know, there's no yelling and there's no screaming. He just really calm. And, and, and you know, all, almost as calm as a physical therapist, which leads you to believe that the st- sadistic measure is really, really up there. And, and so at the beginning of the night, you stand in formation and, and you put your backpack on the ground and they check it. They unzip and they look. They make sure you got your bricks in it and, and other things and they lift it and they weigh it. And then once they give you your backpack back, the backpack does not touch the ground. And, and, and there were things that we did, you know, the very first thing that happened was, hey, you need to get a battle buddy. You need to put him on your shoulders and carry him around the block. And so we picked a guy up and we ran around the block. And when everybody got back, the, the guy would be like almost bored. Well, I thought everybody would finish in two minutes, but some of you guys finished in two minutes and 15 seconds. So uh, get down. So now we're in push-up plank position with a backpack on our back. And then he would go down, up, down, up. There's a thing in working out called time under tension. See, if you ask a person just to drop and do, you know, 50 push-ups, a lot of people who are in shape can, can do that, just drop and, and, and throw out 50 push-ups. But if you have to delay that explosive movement, if you'll just do a push-up and let your chest touch the ground and put your arms out to the side and then do another push-up, and when you go back down, just raise your arms up off the ground and break that rhythm, break, break that cycle, it'll reduce the number of push-ups you can comfortably do. And so this guy's not, you know, yelling or screaming. He's just really time under tension, up, down, up, down. But I, I digress. You know, we, we did we did things where you had to wear your backpack in front and you had to crab walk downstairs uh, with a backpack on your belly. Uh, there was a, a, an hour and a half of the night where they said, hey, we're going to do the backpack, back, back pack strap appreciation drill and that's the idea where you don't get to use the straps on your backpack you just have to grab your backpack and, and wrap your arms around it like you're hugging it and carry it you couldn't use your your straps to help you hold the backpack up and we did all kind of weird stuff like that well before the night began after he checks our stuff and after you get your thing loaded and they put your backpack on he says now i want you to know you everybody signed a waiver and we want to go over safety and want you to understand that at any time during the night, you can voluntarily choose to drop out. You can say you're tired. You can say that you quit. You can say you don't want to do this. He said, there is some honor if you have to quit because of an injury. But please understand there's a difference between being hurt and being injured. This will not be easy, and it will cause you some pain. But if you get hurt, you make a decision to deal with it. But if you get injured, we will address it and get aid to you. And there it was. There was that box of awareness that there is a difference in being hurt and being injured, at least in this activity, and I've come to believe that as sort of a philosophy. Now, you may be able to look it up in the dictionary and parse words with me and play semantics, but there is a difference between being hurt and being injured. 
you know, one of the guys on the team, Larry Shields, actually had the flu that night, and, and we did not get – now, we made the stupid decision to eat German food before we did the go ruck, and I'm not sure how much the German food affected Larry and how much it was the flu, but Larry starts running this fever, and he starts feeling really bad, and, and he begins to, to violently throw up. And so we're like, hey, Larry, you've got to quit. You've got to go home. He would have fought every man there before we would have forced him onto a van or into an ambulance. And, and he finished. He refused to quit. And he finished the thing with the rest of us. He was hurting, but he was not injured. Running into the tree hurt, but I, I was not injured. Everyone else thought I was injured and thought I should quit. I think it's important to make sure that the decision whether or not you quit is yours. Don't let someone else watching your life, don't let somebody else observing your injury tell you that you're merely hurt. But especially don't let somebody tell you that your hurt is tantamount to an injury and it should make you quit, it should make you stop, it should make you give up. Hurt is real. We're not minimizing hurt. Hurt is real. It's just as real as being injured, but it is different and has different implications. I remember as a teenage boy working up my courage to ask a young lady out on a date. Now, if you're a single girl and, and you're listening to this, please understand what, what courage it takes for a young man to put his ego on the line and walk up to you and, and ask. well, it may not take that much courage now because you can text or tweet or, or Instaface or whatever it is you do. But in the old days, you had to walk up to somebody personally or, or call them on the phone at least and you had to have an actual conversation with someone. And I, I remember walking up to this girl that, that I was sort of crushing on and, and, and had the courage to ask her to go on a date with me. And I was feeling pretty good about myself. You know, I was uh, working out. I had very little body fat. I was doing, you know, 400 push-ups three nights a week. I weighed about 145 pounds, and it was all solid. I was ripped up. And I'd gotten some attention over my strength and my physique. And, 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 man, I was feeling good about myself. So I walked up to this girl and I asked her out. And she just calmly looked at me and said, I, I just don't date guys that are shorter than me. Man, that hurt. But I wasn't injured. I, I didn't stop asking girls out. And, and even though I still remember this, I don't actually remember her name. I remember deciding to open up my own business and going into private practice and, and how scary it was to approach the, the, the people that I worked with and I worked for as a youth minister and tell them, you know, hey, I'm going to make this lifestyle change. And, and, you know, what I'd really like to do is be a bivocational minister. I'd like to do some some work in the ministry, but I'd like to sort of be truly self-employed. You know, on paper, ministers are self-employed, but, but they really work for somebody else. Well, this is going to be I'm truly self-employed. And so when the parents committee came together and the leaders of the church were going to talk about this transition as to, hey, are we going to let Lonnie be a part-time youth minister and and then run his counseling practice or do we want to just let him go away and hire a full-time minister I, re I remember a person that i had considered somewhat of a mentor and absolutely a friend 
and I wasn't allowed to be at the meeting. And I probably shouldn't even know it was said, but it was said. A, a guy that I that, that I thought was really a friend. So I think Lonnie needs to make up his mind. He needs to decide whether he's going to be a minister or whether he's going to be a counselor. And that hurt. But but I wasn't injured. It, it turns out you can actually do both. And, and I could spend a lot of my time going down a long list of stories where what they said or didn't say, what they did or, or, or didn't do caused hurt. But in all those cases, even though it hurt, I was not injured. Now, other people may tell you that what someone did was injurious and that you should quit. So other people may tell you that what they said was injurious and, and, and you should quit. But I really do think we are the ones who get to control the hurt, injury, quit dynamic. We're the person who gets to make that, that decision. And, and yet our society is telling us, our current society makes us believe that every hurt is equal to a debilitating injury. I, I may not like what you say, and I may not even like what you think about my height, my weight, my color, my race, my religion, my perception, my identity, my politics, or my sexuality. But in the end, I have to decide if I will let what you think about it be strong enough to injure me, influence me, affect me, or cause me to change. And quite frankly, I refuse to be changed or influenced or injured by things that are not grounded in truth. And, and then if you tell me something that it's grounded in truth, I'm going to have to give it a certain measure of importance. There are some things that are true about me, and, and, and they're just really not that important. There are things about me that are true, and, and I can't change. And, and to the level that I give those things prominence or importance in my life is, is the, the, to the degree that I allow those things to be injurious. They, they have the power to injure me. And so many times our society is saying that just because somebody doesn't like this or disagrees with this or doesn't see it the way you see it, it, it is equal to injury. Well, if it really has that kind of power, maybe you need to pay attention to it. But in all actuality, it probably doesn't have that kind of power. But there is a measure of importance. And, and I guess to, to be you know, completely fair... There's an opposite here as well, because sometimes people who are unhealthy and people who are immature are injured and they won't admit that, that what they're involved in is toxic and that they are being injured. And, and maybe, maybe we visit that at another time. But today, today is about choosing whether to be merely hurt or whether to decide that I was injured. And the demarcation between those two things is how important is what you said? How important is what you did not say? How important is what you did? How important is what you did not do? How, how important is what you think or not think about me? And, and the way I measure that, that level of importance is so you did or didn't, you said or didn't say, you thought or didn't think. How's this going to change my life? Will this have an effect on me in five hours, five days, five weeks, five months, or five years? And if it doesn't have lasting power, then it's probably not an injury. It's probably just merely hurts. 
And nobody's saying it's fun to be hurt. Nobody's saying hurt doesn't matter. But what we're saying is the difference in hurt and injured is one says, okay, I'm hurt, but it's not going to make me quit. See, patience and endurance are the concepts of being able to bear up, being able to function, being able to continue in spite of the pain. See, the hurt is present or you're simply being hurt and and you get to decide whether it hurts so bad you don't want to do it anymore. Well, that even, it hurts so bad or it hurts too bad still doesn't equal I'm injured and I need to quit. Now, obviously, we're not talking about physical injury here. We're talking about spiritually, psychologically, and emotionally. Are you hurt? Does it hurt? Or is it truly injurious? Is it important enough that it will affect me in five hours, five days, five weeks, five months, five years? And if it, if it can't pass the 555 test, I, I don't think it's an injury. I think it's just being hurt. Now, the way we're wired, the, the way our psyche works, the way our, our intellect is wired to our emotion, you probably can't control whether or not it hurts. There are some things that just are going to hurt. They hurt our ego. They hurt our pride. I, I don't. I, I really do think there's there's some some things that are out our out of our control. And when people do or don't do say or don't say, they hurt. So you probably can't control whether or not it hurts. But you probably can control psychologically, spiritually, and emotionally whether or not you let it injure you. Whether or not you let it affect you. You probably can't control being hurt. You maybe can control whether or not you're injured. But you absolutely have absolute control or whether or not it causes you to quit. Using the tool of shortwave radio, World Christian Broadcasting literally covers the world every day with the gospel. They use two large curtain antennas. One is located in Anchor Point, Alaska, and the other in Madagascar. They send out messages that are recorded at their international home in Franklin, Tennessee. They make available 40 hours of broadcast every day. The broadcasts are made in English, Chinese, Russian, Spanish, Portuguese, Korean, English for Africa, and Arabic. They would love for your group to visit them. You can bring your ladies group, your youth group, or your men's group. Just give them a call at 615-371-8707, 615-371-8707, or you can go to three W's and a dot, worldchristian.org, find the Donate Here button, and make a financial contribution to support this work that literally covers the world every day with the gospel. World Christian Broadcasting, in cooperation with Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure. Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure. I am your host, Lonnie Jones. My wife, Jackie, and I moved to the city of Huntsville in 1986 for me to be a youth and family minister. I have been a minister since 1980. 
have served in this community as a police chaplain assigned to a SWAT team since 1992, and I've been in private practice as a licensed professional counselor since 1998. I'm also an adventure educator and an avid outdoorsman. I dabble in rock climbing and I goof around with Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Our life has been full of many wonderful experiences and some just outright adventures. I used to write about those things in a little church bulletin article. So now instead of asking you to read those things, we're just going to talk about them in our podcast. And as we talk about them, we're going to talk about the facts. The facts lead to concepts and the concepts lead to application. One caveat about the facts is for the most part, we're going to tell you the facts just as they happened. But every now and then, we're going to tell you the way other people have told us they remember it happening with a little bit of embellishment. It's all good, clean fun and for educational purposes. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy Keeping Up with Jones.